Hello guys, welcome to the History Spotlight podcast. Black history has played a huge role in influencing many aspects of American society today. From musical genres such as jazz, hip-hop, and rap, to politics, where we've elected our first African-American president just over a decade ago, and where the Democratic vice presidential candidate is a woman of color. However, in the American education system, while many aspects of black history are covered, it isn't the full extent of the overall African-American experience that has occurred in America over the last few centuries. From slavery to today, where we have many political debates about this topic, what I wanted to do is create an episode where we could just cover some of the facts and just look at what black history has been through the centuries in America. For that, I've invited my friend Milan Glass onto the podcast today. Milan, just want to welcome you to the show. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great myself, thanks for asking. And of course, it's always good to hear that you're doing well. So I just want to start off with the first question I have here. You know, let's go back to, you know, hundreds of years ago where slavery was still a thing in America. You know, what exactly were were the main jobs of slaves on the plantations? You know, like what what were what was the main reason they were on the plantations in the first place? So, um on the plantations, slaves like had to work all day and it was they weren't they didn't have any good conditions. Um, they really just had to work with what they had and kind of just, yeah, I guess just work with what they had. They had to plant and pick cotton, and with the cotton, the way cotton was, it was like there were thorns in them, so their hands would get very messed up, and their slave owners wouldn't really care as long as they're doing their job. And if they did it incorrectly or disobeyed, they would be harshly punished. Um, and like some of the punishments would be like uh, being beaten or whipped and things like that. And it was just really like awful and really terrible. And they never really got proper meals or like full meals like we're supposed to have. Um, right. They never got proper meals and they didn't get them daily either. So they wouldn't always eat in like within a week. They wouldn't eat every day of the week. Um, doesn't that go against oh sorry no no it's okay continue no no i was just gonna say like doesn't that go against what the slave owners would want because they'd want their slaves to be strong and well fed to to be able to do their jobs effectively yeah so i guess with the slave owners it was like they fed them when they wanted to and they fed them when they thought they needed to and they just didn't care enough but they definitely wanted to make sure that they were addition to be working on the fields and these fields were like huge so they need to have a lot of like a lot of slaves and one of like one of the things that would happen is they would force like a female slave and a male slave to have children so that they could have more slaves on these plantations so they have more slaves working in these ginormous fields oh okay <laughs> yeah uh, that really sucks. Yeah, it was really terrible. Um, on the ships, though, it was also really terrible because the conditions on the ship wasn't like they really cared. Um, they were, again, they weren't fed proper meals and they weren't fed daily. And on these ships, they had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And they would get sick because they're not being because the the hygiene it was just not existent on these ships so a lot of people died and from illness and from like not being fed often and all these things so on the ships and in the plantations they were both like really terrible conditions and they although they wanted them to like be in as good condition as they could to work on the fields like the slave owners still didn't care that much as long as they were getting what they needed to get done. Okay, and would there be any mutinies and rebellions on the ships or on the plantations or anything like that? 
Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Sorry, no, no, no. It's okay. No, I was just wondering if there would be any mutinies or rebellions on the ships or on the plantations, you know, just because the conditions were just so bad. So would anyone rebel? I'm sure there were people that rebelled. I mean, um, there were a lot of slaves that were able to escape from, like, the slave owner's home. Um, they were able to escape and move up to the north because the nor- in the north there wasn't, like, there weren't really, like, slaves. Slavery wasn't big in the North. It was mostly in the South, which is why, like, a lot of things that happened back then is very prominent now because, as I think we all know, like, in the South, there's a lot of, like, discrimination down there and a lot of racist, like, people and things and establishments. So I think that all of our history plays into now, like, a lot, and it's very prominent. Wait, okay. Uh, So are you basically saying that there's more discrimination in the South than in the North against people of color today? Because I know, obviously, back then, you know, under slavery, it certainly was, but is it still present today? I think that in the South, because of back then, because there were because slavery is more prominent back then in the South um, than in the North, that kind of shows now. Like, in the South, there's a lot of, I guess you could say there's a lot of racist people in the South. Um, Of course, not everybody in the South is racist, but I think it's just a stereotype when you have, like, people from, I don't know, Alabama, and then you compare to people in New York very different people, very different mindsets and everything. So to your question, I am sure that there's many people that rebelled. I know that there's people that that are fam- like slaves are famous for being able to escape and like take that risk and that big step and successfully escape their slave owners and go to the north. If any slaves escaped, they would be going to the north. They wouldn't go anywhere else in the south. Right, of course, of course. But are there any examples of slaves who were able to escape successfully? Um, I believe, I don't want to, like, put any false information. I believe Harry, she was, um... She gathered a lot of people, and they were going to... She made a plan to escape, um, it, like, their slave owners and stuff at night. And there was a... She was very strategic about it, too. She, like, made sure there was a path, and she had them follow a certain path and, like, follow things in the sky and all this stuff. It was... It's really cool to, like, um, to learn about, but it's also really sad that that had to happen and that... Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely, um, you're right. But, you know, just sort of moving on to the next big question. You know, eventually, you know, the slaves were emancipated by Lincoln at the end of the Civil War, and they are were now free. And so all the former slaves, now freed African Americans, were made, in theory, full citizens, right? Yeah. I'm sure, though, that they didn't enjoy the same sort of rights that white citizens did. Um, so, but what were their lives like, you know, in the aftermath of the Civil War and that sort of, you know, that whole period? Um, I mean, during Reconstruction, you know, Black people were pretty successful, I'd say, because, like you said, Lincoln had abolished slavery, but he didn't abolish slavery as a whole because there is still a lot of states, or not a lot, but there were still a few states that had slavery, so it wasn't, like, completely gone. But I would definitely say that black people, like, as progression, like, as, um, what's the word? As things got better and they were given more rights, it was, like, it's, like, something to be grateful for. And even today, black people are still slowly being given more and more rights. And even, like, other minorities, not just black people, but, I mean, like, the LGBTQ plus community, they're giving more, they're being given more and more rights every day, every year. So I think that that's a connection that we can make, is that, like, slowly progress is being made, and 
rights are being given, justice is being served. So I wouldn't say that they that black people are, were like extremely happy, um, but they were happier because they they weren't enslaved. They weren't being held hostage and being forced to do work. Um, so I would definitely say that they were in better conditions than they were before. Um, all right. Obviously, that sounds great. Um, but do you have any examples of rights given to the African-American community that happened recently? You know, that African-Americans didn't really um, enjoy, you know, up until recently. Um, I mean, we have the Civil Rights Act, and I mean, that in itself is like a whole accomplishment. Because without the Civil Rights Act, like, what's going on right now wouldn't be able to, wouldn't really be able to happen at all. Um and the only way that we were able to get that the Civil Rights Act to be passed was from, like, people who really cared about the cause. I mean, there's so many black leaders who influenced that, uh, like Martin Luther King, of course. Um, you have Malcolm X. You have just regular people that were rioting and protesting, and that is the main way that the Civil Rights Act got passed. So I would have say that that's the most modern thing that I can think of right off the top of my head um but a lot of I mean they weren't given like a bunch of rights like black people have now of course because when reconstruction like during that era they were able to vote some black people were able to vote but they couldn't hold government positions and they weren't allowed to hold like government positions at all so I mean, they were given more rights by being able to vote, which I thought was really good, too. So, yeah. No, what you say is right. You know, it's sad that African-Americans didn't get to fully enjoy their rights until like a century after emancipation. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the Civil Rights Act, um, you mentioned leaders such as Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, all very notable people. And as I'm sure you know, rioting and protesting were great ways of getting their message across. But I just sort of wanted to know, um, do you know any other leaders that, you know, influenced the passing of the Civil Rights Act greatly? Um, There were tons of leaders. Like, there's so many that I can't even think, like, of their names because I just have heard so many stories and I've learned so much throughout my life about different leaders that helped get this act passed. Um, Some that I can name, uh, Rosa Parks, for sure. I mean, she peacefully protested, and she literally was arrested for standing up for what she believed in, which was being able to sit wherever she wants on the bus. And I just think that, like, little things like that, especially with what's going on now, which is why I'm so happy that you invited me to come in here and talk about this, because I feel like everything is so relevant to right now in 2020. Um, And I mean, that's kind of what's happening now. People are not taking it anymore and we got to stand up for what's right. So I definitely say Rosa Parks sets a huge example for me. Like she's a huge inspiration to me. Um, I mean, literally had a, uh, like an, not really incident, but a time where um, I was on a trip and me and my friend were, um, we sat in, a part, in the back of the bus because we wanted to sit back there. And somebody who was white came, went to the back of the bus and grabbed our stuff and threw it in the aisle and said we couldn't sit there. And we ended up sitting there, even though we didn't want to be around them. But I made sure that me and my friend sat there. Like, she, my friend, she, she was white. She's white, but I'm black, and I, I'm up to the stand for that because I didn't know this person's political beliefs um, or opinions. So whether, like, regardless of their political opinions, I was not going to deal with that. Um, and the first person I thought of when, I, like, when that happened was Rosa Parks, and I didn't want to make it so much about race because, again, I don't know their opinion on that kind of stuff, but... I was like, I need to stand. Like, I I can sit here if I want. I mean, it's a school trip. If I want to sit here, I can sit here, you know? Oh, wait. You said this was on a school trip? 
Yeah, it was a school trip that I went on a couple years ago. Um. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, I'm sure that, you know, really sucked at the time. I mean, I anything that happens to me, whether it's good or bad, whether I come into, like, a encounter with somebody who is sexist or racist or homophobic or mean or whatever, I am grateful for every moment. And even though it wasn't a good experience, but I'm still so grateful for it because I've learned, I learned so much from that experience about other things. So, I mean, I'm, I don't regret living that moment and making this decision that I made. No, it's definitely good to hear that you stood up for yourself and that you were able to do that uh, because of past leaders and past legislation. But as you know, the Civil Rights Act came about, was in response basically to segregation in the South. So um, would you maybe care to elaborate more on what segregation and what Jim Crow laws in the South were like at the time? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, Jim Crow laws, basically, it enabled segregation. And segregation was, like, the division between, like, two groups of people. Um, But what happened, like, in the 60s, 50s, it was racial segregation. So it was the separation between white people and black people. And any other Hispanics, Asians, Indians, they based on their skin color, they would be placed in a certain group. Um, Yeah, so if a black person who's light-skinned was white, then a white person might let them into their restaurant because of white passing. But if their husband was a dark-skinned black person, they might might have not let the dark-skinned black person in the restaurant too. Um, So it was very like... it was just judging a book by its cover and segregation was awful. And, um, Jim Crow laws, like they really, they diminished black people so much. And there was so many, like there were songs made during, uh, like that during era. Um, there were songs made, TV shows made, movies made, and there were racist, like, songs and racist movies. Like, I don't know if you've heard recently, but that Ice Cream Chuck song that's normally used is actually a racist song that was made back then. So that's why a lot of they're not using that song anymore, because that's finally come to light. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that it was a racist song. Wow. Yeah, I... That's surprising. I know. It's really surprising, and it's crazy to me that they were using all along and it doesn't it, they took out the lyrics but it still has that meaning you know yeah, true. so Definitely. like segregation and Jim Crow was um, they prevented black people from getting a proper education proper health care um, proper treatments proper safety proper housing proper jobs um, and that also kind of goes into how you see a lot of minorities in lower income communities it's because I forget the president, I forget which president, but it started a long time ago and they place people in a certain area. They place black people and Hispanic people in a certain area. Um, And then they place white people um, in another area, um, a higher income community, and they place certain things into those communities so that they either thrive or they fail and create a stereotype and I feel like nobody really knows that so they place like black people and Hispanics in lower income communities on purpose and it was just the like the way they made the system and that kind of goes into systemic oppression um and I mean even though segregation isn't as like isn't as prominent and obvious there I would still say there's segregation today it's just not enforced see signs like black people can come black people only can come here white people only can go here um so i mean there's still segregation in terms of that and like private schools and public schools people who are in lower income communities or maybe not lower income communities 
um, go to a public school, but you know, a lot of people in lower income communities go to public schools, not private schools. And when you go to private schools, they're prominently white kids and white faculty. So it's not like they're seeing this. This is just the way the system is made up and everybody is kind of like, has already adapted to it, but didn't realize, doesn't realize that this is actually kind of sort of segregation. So, I mean, Jim Crow laws and segregation, they really just, um, it, I mean, so many black people had to really work hard to get to the top. And I think that's what's so inspiring about so many black like artists and musicians, actors, actresses. And uh, I, that's what I think is so amazing about like very like successful black celebrities today is that back then black people had to work up to the top and now we're still everybody has to work to the top but you know black people had to work to a different extent to get to the top because of stereotypes that the government made so that's what i find like really amazing and really inspiring especially as a black female i feel like very inspired by other black females that have gotten to where they are today and I just find that like amazing. No, I, I think it's pretty cool to hear about your role models and I think it's inspiring for everyone to hear about them because you know everyone has their role models um, and it's always good to hear that you know you were positively influenced by yours and that you know they were instrumental in letting you do what you want to do today. Um, the way you want to today. Um, mm-hmm. But what was the full extent of, you know, black culture on and history on American culture and history? Like, as you know, there are many aspects of American culture today that are heavily influenced by African-American roots. Like we saw with the birth of the Harlem Renaissance during the Great Migration. Are there still aspects like that around today? I definitely, definitely, definitely feel that African-American people, black people, have had such an impact on American culture and so much of an impact on American culture that a lot of non-black people don't know that this was originated like either from Africa or created by black people. And it's just crazy to me. Um, I think one example that is very prominent today is hairstyles. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand the seriousness and the frustration that black people feel when they see a non-black person wearing these hairstyles. Um, So there's certain hairstyles like, you know, dreadlocks, there's braids, there's twists, um, there's afros, you know, and a lot of non-black people, when they wear these hairstyles today, and even back then when they wear these hairstyles, they get praised for it. And the issue with that is that these hairstyles have roots and this goes all the way back to slavery. And this is because during slavery, you know, they, they took, they stole, kidnapped people, African people from Africa and brought them to America. They had these hairstyles. These hairstyles originated there. These hairstyles originated in Africa. When they got here, when they brought these Africans here, and made them become their slaves. They told them that they couldn't wear these hairstyles anymore. And they had to do they had to do like other crazy hairstyles that had no relation to their culture. And that was where like that was their those hairstyles are like the one the one of the very few things that tie a person so close to their culture, I think. Um and they made them like they weren't allowed to wear those hairstyles anymore. And I mean, I'm talking like afros, cornrows, twists, braids, you know, any hairstyle that you see a lot of black people wearing, like that hairstyle most likely originated from Africa. And that's why it doesn't make any sense because white people like told black people they couldn't wear those hairstyles and they weren't allowed to wear those hairstyles when those came from their cultural roots. And now when non-black people wear those hairstyles they're praised to her while still today some black people are um like made fun of for wearing these hairstyles and i think it's just disgusting i think that's one of the biggest examples i can think of 
that is so present today and something that not a lot of people understand is that like hairstyles and things like that and like the it's the culture like a person if somebody is muslim they although this we're talking about race and religion those are two different things but if somebody is muslim and they wear their hijab like and a non-muslim person wears a hijab like that's offensive that is their religion that is their culture you can't just take that away you know so that's like this that's like the seriousness of it you can't just do these things as a trend and i'd also say that music is another like huge 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 thing that black people had such an impact on in america and so many like worldwide there's like korean hip-hop artists that like have been influenced by black hip-hop artists and i mean it's just crazy that not a lot of people know the people that influenced these um like these music genres and stuff like that you have rappers you have hip-hop rappers i mean you have tupac biggie you have even like um decades before you have like chuck berry and people like that uh so i mean i think music is also something that uh black people have created so many like things and so many things were influenced by black like black people and their creations um whether that be music hair uh, makeup clothing and I feel that a lot of people want to, like, a lot of non-black people want to try to be something they're not and want to try to be like a black person when I think that's, I think that's so wrong for somebody to want to be another race. It's like, this is the race you are. You can't change that. Um, right. But it's different if you like, if you like a certain style or something like that. That's different. But wanting to, like act a certain way have a certain voice use certain slang um it's just wrong in all kinds of ways no that's actually pretty interesting to hear but what i also want to know is you know obviously the white slave owners oppressed black people in so many different ways but obviously like you said one of them was with the hairstyles so i just wanted to know you know how did african-american hairstyles survive through the times up to today um, what do you mean, like, like actually having, like, finally being able to use these hairstyles and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I think that, no, continue. No, no, go ahead. Um, I was just trying to say, because, you know, there are people who wear dreadlocks and other African-American hairstyles today, but, you know, those hairstyles, as you know, were, were oppressed or repressed, you know, hundreds of years ago by white slave owners. So then, despite that, you know, how are these hairstyles still able to survive and be, you know, a cultural aspect of African-American culture today? Um, you know, that's actually a really great question. And I think that there came a point in time, like, you know, I don't know the true facts, but just based, like, connecting the dots with all the events, I would, I would think that after, like, these slaves were free, um, I would think that they started to find ways to express themselves and become connected with their culture again in some way or another. Um, and I think that hairstyles were the easiest and I think over time like over time the like these hairstyles just became I guess popular in a way if you get what I'm saying yeah um yeah totally I, I see that I mean over time you know you have uh people like you probably have freed um black people who created hair products who probably started creating hair products at some point in time um, who started, I mean, you have Fred, Frederick Douglass who started teaching, um, like, people because he, he was educated, um, so he started teaching other people, things like that, um, 
I definitely think that it's just something that came with time and growth and bravery and probably people, a lot of people that went to the North, um, they were probably able to express themselves more there than the South. So it was easier to become connected with their roots again when they were there um, and to create like businesses probably and things like that, even though all those things, it was not easy, but there was still like that chance, you know? In the north. Oh, okay. So then, so they could sort of, you know, interconnect and meet other people and sort of revive those African cultures, right? Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, another thing to add, like, they probably, they had to create some kind of camaraderie with each other, if that's the right word to use. They had to, like, create a, like, get connected to each other. They all came from the same place and pretty much had the same culture, so they had to try to make whatever they had work for them. And, I mean, together they were able to, I mean, be connected with their culture as well, so. No, that's pretty cool to hear, actually, that, you know, African Americans have made strides over the years and have really progressed. But are there still examples of discrimination towards black people, you know, even after the Civil Rights Act? I know you mentioned that a lot of African Americans still live in low-income neighborhoods as a result of past policies. But are there still, you know, is there still discrimination towards black people today? You know, is today's society generally a better place for black people than in the past? And what are some ways that we can make it even more better? definitely say that there are tons tons of examples today um of course i of course black people black americans society is so much better than um years past so much better but there's still like there's still that discrimination still that racism and even though it's not slavery like then like that was slavery, slavery, but there's still some kind of, you know, some kind of slavery. And, um, and I feel like on social media, a lot of black people are talking, are saying that. And I think, cause like with the prison system, I mean, that's like a whole thing in of itself. Um, like that's an example today is that the way that prison is just like the prison system works it's just it it's like discriminatory and you have schools like the low-income high-income communities um there's a lot of there's a lot of discrimination today and there's a lot of racism it's just not like forced by the government and you have the police force that's another example of racism and discrimination i mean not all police officers are bad, and I, a lot of people say that not all police officers are bad, but also not all police officers is good are good. Um, but it all comes down to the system. It's like the system of the police department or whatever. And I personally think that it's very they're very discriminatory towards um, minorities, and it's unfair. And justice has to be served. And I just. It's just crazy to me that we even have to still talk about it and, like, experience it. Because it's been going on for so long, you would expect there to have been a solution or something. Um, but, I mean, there's so many examples. Even healthcare. I've heard so many stories about, like, um, but apparently there's a scientific study that um, they, they had a theory. Some scientists have had a theory that black people couldn't feel pain and I just didn't understand that it's like there was so much pain when black people were were slaves there was so much pain and there's still so much pain now because black people are being we're being murdered um by people who are supposed to protect us we're being um like like role models black role models are being like bashed on because they are black role models and they're doing what's right um 
because somebody disagrees with the with like basic human rights and equal rights. Um, I think like like yes, this is about black people, but I feel like a lot of people who aren't black, if they're a minority, they will be able to understand. I feel like they'll be able to understand to an extent because nobody will be able to understand what it's like to be black and to be oppressed the way black people have been oppressed for years. I mean, black people at one point in time, African Africans were enslaved and made them African-Americans. But that's like a whole, that's, that's just a whole, that's a whole nother thing. I feel like, um, but there's so much, there's still so, like, there's still segregation today. It's just not forced. I mean, like I said before, with the school and the neighborhoods, and I mean, even socially, some people don't want to be friends with the black kid, like, because they're scared or um, they don't like them or whatever. Um, there's still that kind of, that type of segregation, and there's still people that are scared of black people, don't like black people don't see black people as equal to them when we're all human and we all should be equal to each other. We're all human beings. If we're all human beings, why not just be equal, you know? So I feel like there's so, especially now, so many people are showing their true colors and um, it's just, there's so much like hate in the world and so much racism. I mean, so much racism and a lot of people, and again, with your podcast, I think your podcast is great, especially now, because there's so many things that people just don't know about, and there's so much history behind everything, behind that book you read last week, or behind those sunglasses that you saw at Urban Outfitters, or everything. There's there's history behind everything. So, I mean, I think that a lot of people need to know what's okay and what's not okay and the only way they can do that is by being educated i mean with the n-word that's a perfect example i literally chose to do the n-word for a school project this year and that's because there was so many i heard so many stories about white kids saying the n-word at all different schools and i wanted to educate people in my class so they could go and talk to other people about it like because I feel like a lot of people don't know the history behind it. I knew some of the history behind it, but I learned so much more when I studied it and I educated myself. Um, I mean, with the N-word, it's like there, there's slave called African-Americans the N-word because they are trying to be derogatory. And there's like, I feel like that's, a, again, that's a whole nother thing um, to talk about. Like that's a whole separate like things I don't want to like get all into that yeah right but I feel like there's still so much racism and I mean there's systematic depression and there's systemic depression and um they're so I I wouldn't say I don't know if this was a racist encounter that I had but um I went to South Carolina well, my little sister and my grandparents a few years back and there was a family of four and they were all white um and they were sitting outside the restaurant that we were about to go into and they all looked at us like fearful like with fearful looks on their faces and I was really confused and I was really aggravated too and I we eating there anyways but I just wasn't comfortable there um that and I had a feeling I had a feeling that I knew, like, why they were looking at us like that. And um, it's just really disgusting, and I don't understand. Like, you can be afraid of somebody because, I don't know, they committed a crime, or maybe they said something mean to this person, but you shouldn't be scared of somebody because they look different than you. It is quite unfortunate that you had to go through that, that, you know, you weren't sure whether these people might have been hostile to you, and just because of your race, you know, um, you know, I personally feel that it there is a high chance maybe they they were just maybe scared of black people, you know maybe that isn't the full picture or maybe that isn't the reason, um, but it's still you know sad that you had to feel uncomfortable 
you know, in that situation. Um, I don't feel that people should feel uncomfortable because of their race. And it's sad that you did. Um, but what are some ways that we as a society can make minorities such as African Americans, you know, just feel like they're treated and respected well and a valuable part of our society? I definitely think that there's improvement and especially improvement in our entire country. Um, True. If you want to hear the ways that I think that our whole country and just society and everything should be um, improved, I mean, society-wise, I think that people just need to be more accepting. And I would say with our generation, I would say we're pretty accepting to people. And I believe that everything starts in the household. Everything starts in the household. So if you grow up around people that are racist, and you begin saying the same things, you're not going to know that it's racist. Um, Definitely, yeah. So everything starts in a household, and I think with our society, we need to think better. We need to be more logical. And um, everybody, even adults, everybody needs to just be more accepting. And um, I mean, with the government... They just need to do better and also think logically. They don't think about how things are going to affect us. and how, They only think about how it's going to affect themselves and their, and want, like, one other person. Um, um, but they just think about the, especially right now, our government only cares about the money, not the people. And they think that what they're doing is good for people, but I mean... We can't reopen schools because of COVID-19. Like, when, if you reopen schools, you know, cases are going to go flying up. Nothing's going to be back to normal until, like, 2022. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you literally have kids in cages right now. And I don't understand that either. It's like, what? why do people take – why is that even a job to rip families apart? It's different if somebody comes here illegally and – but I feel like it should all just be handled so much differently, especially if a person didn't commit a crime, like murdering somebody or um, robbing a store or something like that. Like, yeah. I, there's no reason to separate a family, and let alone there's no reason to be kids in cages. I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. And I don't think that our government and our society, I don't think that people understand that it's not easy coming to America. People look at America from outside and they think it's this wonderful place, but it's not easy to just come here. I mean, people have to wait years, months, like decades to be able to get the the permission slips and forms and all this stuff that they need to come to America legally without getting detained. And I think that people don't understand how difficult that is, especially with other places in the world that are not as fortunate as people in America, where you have wars going on, you have really dangerous countries that are not financially stable, and people just don't understand. And I mean, as an, as a black female American, I feel like America is not as amazing as everybody makes it seem. America's not but I mean like money wise and getting opportunities America's amazing but if I'm talking about how do I feel being America it's like it's hard because you go I go to a school that has prominently white students and I can't there's certain things that I can't say can't do can't express because I won't be treated maybe I won't be treated as equally as other people or they wouldn't understand where I'm coming from. Or there's simply just people that are ignorant that won't understand where I'm coming from at all. Um, and I think that people just need to be more accepting and understand everybody's situation because everybody has a different situation. And biggest thing, people need to educate themselves. And that's the biggest way I think this country could improve is just by everybody educating themselves. There's so many things about, like, my own culture that I didn't know and I recently learned about. I mean, like, education. 
the education system needs to be better. The police, like, system needs to be better. The government needs to be better. Everything in America needs to do better. People are not happy here, and so many people aren't going to want to come here. I mean, we already have cases going up so much, so alone, people won't want to come. But with everything else going on, without justice, without equal rights, without respect, how does the government and other people expect to get respect back, you know? So it's it all comes down to being educated, and not enough people are educated. Uh, this actually segues perfectly into the next topic, you know, with government and education. Um, you know, black people have played a big role in, you know, America's fight for freedom. If you want to phrase it that way, you know, even if they weren't represented in America's government, So an example of this would be, you know, in the wars that black people fought for America, you know, at home and overseas, especially the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, both world wars. Um, But so would you sort of care to maybe elaborate on some of the experiences black people faced in these wars, you know, some of the roles that they would have played in these wars that they fought for America? Yeah, actually... I never really heard many stories or learned much about um, African Americans in these wars. And I just think, like, that's crazy. And one thing that I do know is that black people didn't really, um, they didn't really fight in the wars. They mostly just took, made sure their machines were working. They fed the soldiers. They took care of their injuries. They cooked and all the stuff. They didn't really serve the country because they, as far as I know, they weren't allowed. And if I'm incorrect, um, that just goes to show that we're not learning about these things as much as we should be learning about them. I mean, a couple weeks ago, or like two months ago, I learned about um, Kathy Williams. I don't know if it's Kathy or Kathy, but she's basically the black Mulan. She disguised herself as a man, and she fought in a war. I don't remember which war exactly, but she fought in a war, and I believe that she was... I don't remember if she was a slave or a freed slave, but she was a black woman who disguised herself as a man and fought in some war. And I think, and I learned that off of Instagram. So, I mean, I just think that there's so much about, like, we talk about these wars in school, but what about the minorities that fought in these wars? Because all we know is that Because basically, to sum it up, everything that I've learned over the course of, what, like, five years is that white white men had an issue with something, and they couldn't figure it out themselves, so they decided to have a war. And that's basically to sum it all up. So, I I just think there's so much more that we need. The education education system is just so... um, messed up I think and talking about the wars I mean we always talk about wars and you don't hear the names that you should be hearing you hear the same names every year over and over again but what about the other people that really impacted other lives what about the black people that impacted my life because they were black fighting in this war with a bunch of white people having the risk of getting killed just because they were black like we don't talk about it. And that's why I don't know that much about, like, black Americans in these wars, so. Yeah, it actually is a pretty fascinating history, you know, about black people being in wars. Um, I actually did a little research about that for this podcast. I mean, I'm not a black person myself, so don't take me as a valid source, but, uh, (laughs) but I think there were actually, you know, a lot of black units that fought you know, in D-Day during World War II, um, you know, they fought against a German regime and they were one of the liberators of France. 
And this regime was against basically every minority in the world, you know, to some extent. So it was, yeah. So that was pretty cool to learn, actually. And I think you're right, you know, black experiences, especially in wars, aren't really told to the general public as much as they should be. And I think it's pretty cool that, you know, that you brought that to light. So I think that's really, you know, great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that what you just said about the, um, the units, I think that's really interesting. I did not know that at all. Um, and like you just said, I feel like all minorities and all people, like people that, that are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, black community, Indian community, Asian community, uh, Hispanic community, whatever, everybody needs to be able to, like, everybody needs to know these cultures, regardless of if they're going to be traveling to this country or if they're going to meet this a person of this gender, everybody should know about it just to know about it because without being educated, you could offend somebody and with being educated, you can make proper decisions and logical decisions and have logical opinions. So I think that's really important. Well, I just want to say thank you for coming on and educating us <laughs> a lot about black history. So I think that it's pretty cool that you agreed to come on. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me. And also thank you for having this podcast because I think it's really interesting and it's really amazing like being a young teenager and having a podcast like this, talking all about history and educating people. I think it's so important, especially today. So thank you for having me and thank you for creating a platform to use to spread awareness about different topics and stuff like that no no it's totally my pleasure and you know it's great yeah and it wouldn't be possible without people like you guests coming on so thank you thank you <laughs> no problem